0: Good to be here tonight, and like Pastor Gretchen said, she's my filmer tonight. We're going to be starting the the new series on the Book of Revelation, and I'm excited to uh, bring this book uh, and highlight it and talk about you know things that are going on in the world that relate to this. And uh, you know, the Book of Revelation is a is a really uh, powerful book. It's uh, 22 chapters. And it is uh, basically ninety-five percent prophecy. You know, there's things that did uh, transpire. Uh, we're gonna see the breakdown of the book um, tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into chapter one of uh, the book of Revelation, and um, you know, just talk about uh, the basic structure of the book itself. You know, um, the book of Revelation, or the word itself, Revelation. It's a Greek. A Greek word or the revelation and then the Greek version of that is apocalypse or apocalypsis. A Greek term literally literally means an uncovering and an uncovering of an unknown future which could not have been known except by that divine revelation. So this is a revelation that was given by God to Jesus Christ and to given to the John the Apostle and given to his churches. And so it's, it's something that wouldn't be known naturally. It's something of future pr- prophetic things. And throughout the book of Revelation, it's constantly referring to prophecy. And the reason why I emphasize that, there's people that feel that this book has already been fulfilled. And it's, it's called uh, a doctrine of preterism. And that's not what we, what I believe or what we believe in this church. That this is uh, the book says that, that it's prophetic. So they're we'll treat it as prophecy. Um, the author was. John the Apostle, and John the Apostle was, um, you know, well advanced in his age. He was in his nineties when when this uh, revelation. He was the youngest of the apostles, and he was the only apostle that survived without uh, being uh, killed as a martyr. Uh, her, uh, church history says that they attempted to kill John. And, you know, some people dispute this story, but I'll give it. It's kind of colorful. I don't know whether or not it's (laughs) actually true, you know, things, you know, myths like that. But they said that they attempted to boil John in oil, and he didn't die. He was miraculously saved. And I don't know if people remember, but in the book of John, uh, Peter asked Jesus, he says, well, what about this disciple? And Jesus says, what's that to you if I would have him to remain until I come back? You do what I'm telling you. And so there was a story, if you read the very last chapter in, in the book of John, the Gospel of John, uh, the story went out that John would be alive until the Lord's return. And, and it's almost interesting because here he is, the one apostle that did see the resurrected Christ in his glory, but he did die. He did die a natural death, eventually of old age. Um, it's, it's, uh, the, the thing about it, uh, the book of Revelation, it's, it's based on what's called a heptatic structure. And that means that it's based on sevens. And there's innumerable innumerable amounts of seven within this book. And seven is God's number. It's uh, his, you know, God's number is seven, seven, seven. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seven is a number of completion or perfection. And so this is the completion of uh, the the Chronicles of God. It's actually the terminus point of all the Word of God. You know, it's, I I, I forget who it was. I think it was uh, either Chuck Miss or J. Bernard McGee said, this is like the Grand Central Station where all the trains come in from all their routes. They all come in. And they plug into the station here, and it's the end of the line where everything uh, comes to a terminus. Um, the the here's the outline of the Book of Revelation, and uh, there's uh, in chapter or uh, verse 19 in the first chapter. He's going to say something that's extremely important, and maybe I can uh, I'll put it up on the screen. I don't have to look at that right. But this is an stri- extremely uh, important scripture, and it's Revelation one nineteen. It says, Write the things which thou hast seen in red, the things which are, and the things which shall be the hereafter. It's really, that's giving you the, basically the, the um, uh, breakdown of the book of Revelation. It's, it's, it's uh, outlining it for us right there. And so John is going to write the thing that he saw, the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. So the, 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 the 5% of what I just said, you know, the, the book is 95% prophecy. The 5% is going to come up in the first three chapters. Those things that, that um, the, the first chapter is the things which you have seen. The, the two and three is going to be the things which are. And then after chapter four, it's going to go the things which will take place after this. So it's really neat how it's, how it's uh, laid out and it's made uh, clear for us to understand. A lot of times people... They, they're uncomfortable with the Book of Revelation, and it can be kind of a daunting, you know, book. But if if you're familiar with the Bible and you just, you know, go at it, go at it, it'll come clear. It'll become more clear. And I'll try to make this presentation as um, uh, clear as possible. You know, I'll try to make it to where it's not confusing. And I'm gonna, Lord, I ask for your help to communicate this message properly. That people would get a good understanding of this book because it's a really, really powerful, powerful uh, place in the scripture, a book in the scripture. And so, yeah, so I'll go over that. So, the first part of the breakdown is uh, things which you have seen, so that would be chapter one. Chapter, uh, or the second part would be the things which are the outline, and that would be chapters two and three. And that's going to be talking about the seven churches which are in Asia. We're going to get into Probably a lot of detail in that portion of scripture because it's really, really important for us as being the church. And then the third part of that, the things which will take place after this, and it's broken up into this this breakdown. It says the uh, four and five talks. You know, I believe in this scenario that I'm going to show you. I think it's it's pretty uh, well laid out. Uh, chapter four and five is the rapture of the church and the scene in heaven. Uh, uh, the second part is the seven year tribulation. Uh, short reign of the Antichrist and destruction of Babylon, chapter six through eighteen. Um, the glorious appearing of Christ, chapter nineteen. Uh, the binding of Satan and the millennial kingdom of Christ and the final judgments, chapter twenty.
1: She's saying she can. He- I hear you, but we're as close as we can be. Yeah, yeah. It talk to it's all the way up. Yeah. So talk- and then uh, E is the new heavens
0: and new earth, twenty-one and twenty-two. And so that's, that's basically the, you know, the, the breakdown of the book of Revelation and how it, it comes into play. Um, the, the book is, is laid out in a chronological order pretty much, but there's also, we'll, we'll see as we get into that. There's going to be, uh, there's going to be seven sealed judgments, and then there's going to be a, a, like a per, uh, there's going to be a prelude to the next judgments that are going to be coming in, which are the, um, the trumpet judgments and then there's going to be six judgments on the trumpet judgment and then there's going to be another prelude and then there's going to be another um, seven judgments in, in the whole judgments and then there's also going to be um, details within here that will be uh, laid out in some of these chapters so when we get to that we'll explain a little bit more so that's more clear um why why is the book of revelation so important well um, we are really really seeing a lot of things coming into focus right now, and quickly coming into focus, having to do with the things that are contained within this book. You know, One of the things that we're, uh, that is detailed in here is a one world, a government, and we're seeing the, that really, really looming on our horizon, it talks about a one world religion, it talks about a cashless society, it talks about a mark of a beast, and if you don't take this mark, you're not able to participate in the economic, um, you know, uh, economy. Or you're basically going to be um, you know ostracized and eventually hunted down if you don't participate in that now um, you know that's that could be pretty frightening um the thing about the book of revelation it's kind of sandwiched it's it's uh it got this glorious uh, beginning uh, and and then the scenes in heaven That's really a glorious thing and then from chapter six we're starting to bust seals and there's a lot of judgments and it's, it's very Uh, It it can be very uh, frightening and scary and then once you get to chapter 19 You see the glorious return of Christ and then you see the new heavens and new earth So it starts off really glorious There's a tribulation period is the tribulation period. It's a time that we don't really want to be here and then it ends up so gloriously uh, Magnificent that we want to make sure that we don't miss that. So that's why it's a motivating book It's a motivator to say wow, I I don't want to be subject to these judgments and number two, I want to be part of this glorious kingdom. So it motivates us on two ends. I believe that the Word of God is a double-edged sword. You know, it talks about in Jude, there's two ways a person can come into the kingdom. It says either you can persuade them by the love and the grace of Christ, but it's also, it says, there's a way to uh, bring fear upon a person. You know, there's, you, there you hear stories of near-death experiences and people went to hell, and they go, man, I was a full-blown heathen, and I saw right that. About that, we decided to come in and do this Bible study from Heidi Miley tonight because it's you know it's set up better over here, and um, we just wanted to do it here. So excuse the, the outside sounds so that we just went by on a motorcycle. Um, I'm going to show this clip. This is something that uh, that happened, uh, you know, or that was just done recently, and uh, and I just I thought it was very appropriate to. Uh, this book of Revelation, and, and it, it's talking about uh, this thing where we're right now, where we're at with this with this uh, virus and the plans that they're doing here. So this is this is having to do with the uh, uh, beast system, one world government, mark of the beast. It's about a, a, a for about three minute, three and a half minute clip. So just watch this for a second. You
1: probably you
2: not believe in the Holy Scripture, but that does not change the fact that the mark of the beast is upon us. For those unfamiliar with the mark of the beast, it comes from Revelation 13 in the Bible. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. Whether it is biblical prophecy or not, the evidence suggests it is a very real agenda. Every universal barcode has three guide bars, each one representing a six. When the inventor, George Joseph Moore of IBM, was asked of this, he replied, Yes, they do resemble the code for a six. There is nothing sinister about this, nor does it have anything to do with the Bible's mark of the beast. It is simply a coincidence, like the fact that my first, middle, and last name all have six letters. Perhaps it was a coincidence, or even a joke. But look at what we have today. In 2004, the FDA approved a chip that is implanted into a person's hand. In 2019, Elon Musk and Neuralink have announced that they are planning on implanting computer chips into people's heads so that we can merge with artificial intelligence. MIT, under funding of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, has developed a quantum dot ink implant that can be monitored by a smartphone. And in 2020, world patent number 060606 was published by Microsoft Technology titled Cryptocurrency System Using Body Activity Data. Man. It outlines a technology wherein human body activity associated with a task provided to a user may be used in a mining process of a cryptocurrency system. The human is given an activity to accomplish, which is sent from a body sensor to the cloud and to the cryptocurrency system, rewarding the human with money. And while this is happening, the world is being told to stay at home until a vaccine can be developed, while the 5G needed to run artificial intelligence is rapidly rolling out worldwide. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of beasts. For it is the number of a man. Humanity is being asked to abandon a world based on God's law and accept a world based on man's law. In other words, the law of the state. Whether you believe in biblical prophecy or not, the mark of the beast is becoming very real. And at the speed of which things are now going, it seems we will soon discover how many people will accept the mark and how many will resist. For InfoWars.com, This is Greg Reese. Wow. Isn't that isn't that um, eye-opening?
0: You know that uh, these things are happening, and they're happening really rapidly right now. You know, we're um, we were coming over tonight, and Casa Gretchen. She said she saw somebody was saying that you know they were they were posting something on Facebook, and they were grumbling. That it seems out by uh Kapakalua, by um, uh, Herman's 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 Junkyard out there, way out in the country. They said they put up a five G cell tower out there, and I guess people were grumbling about it or whatever. So they're camouflaging to make it look like a Norfolk pine. So they're they're camouflaging these things so they're not as as uh, obvious. And then just tonight, you know, because there's a roadblock to get here, uh, not a lot of they're detouring the traffic because they're doing work on. Up a Road, we have to come through Paia, or we chose to drive through Paia, and I was driving past the mill, and I looked at a part of the building that was all dilapidated and, and falling down, and, I, and I, we're as we were passing by, I was like, what? And all on the outer rim of all the steel structure, there's all these 5G uh, transmitters on the outside of that. So this stuff is going up all over. I'm going to start taking pictures of these things, and I'll bring it to the Bible study. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very... Um, the people that that study these things are saying it really emits a lot of uh of microwave radiation that's that's detrimental to our bodies and so there's there's you know just a lot of things happening really really quickly you know just like that um that patent that we're seeing there you know in that in that product that it was wo 2020 060606 and it's just like that's in your face, you know, that they're patenting something with those numbers on there. So it was a, a um, world order 2020 um, 666 right there. So you know, it's, that's what they're that's what they're intending. When we get into the Book of Revelation, when we get into Chapter thirteen of Revelation, this will all become more clear. But I think most people are familiar with those things. Um, let's let's uh, go to the scriptures now, Lord. We just pray for your blessing upon this powerful uh, book in the scriptures, and we just pray for your Holy Spirit's anointing upon this, that you would enlighten and open these these words up to our, our hearts, that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to this, uh, to your church right now, in Jesus' name, amen. It says, uh, chapter, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which shortly uh, take place. And he sent and he signified it by his angel to his servant John. So right right off the top, this is a revelation where it's that unveiling or unmasking of Jesus Christ. This book is about Jesus Christ. It's about this first, you know, the, it's about his church. It's about his conquering. It's about him pouring out his wrath. And it's about his reigning. It's all about um, the, you know, there's a scripture that says that all things were put under Jesus' feet. At the cross when he said it is finished he conquered hell death the grave principalities powers the law was nailed to the cross everything was was put and and was made subject to jesus christ but in the book of hebrews it says we yet we don't see all those things in their fullness even though it's already accomplished we don't see it in its fullness yet in this book we see it in its fullness we see him as the ruling and reigning uh lord and king of kings and lord of lords so this is the first thing. This is from God and it was given to Jesus and it was given to us so that we would understand who Jesus Christ really is in his fullness. It says, uh, who bore witness, verse two, bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. So he's, he's uh, being a witness to the things that he saw. The other thing that we that I, I kind of went over there, he said he signified, uh, he signified it by his angel and his servant John signified means he put it into signs he, he saw pictures he saw images And so he's he's he, he saw it and he, and he was trying to write it down or dictate it to us So it's like um, you know when you when you're driving alongside the road and you see a sign and there's an image of a person Walking across a crosswalk and you okay that means that people potentially can walk across a cross so there's signs in here And, you know, it it really, the way that you interpret this book, it really is determined upon what it's called your hermeneutic, which means how literally do you take the Word of God? The more literally we can take the Word of God, the better. Because if we start getting into real weird speculations, and, well, I think that this thing symbolizes this and this, we should try to keep it. And normally you can go to the Word of God to find out what the symbol is. There's a first... the word uh, a law first reference. So if something comes up, you go to that first reference, and that's kind of what you know you're, you're talking about there. And you try to let the Bible interpret the Bible. But there's also times where if it cannot be interpreted literally, then you have to go to an interpretation and say, okay, I think this is 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 saying you know this is symbolic of this and this and this. But the more literal you can take it, the better. That's that would be a real. Um, a literal hermeneutic or you're on the if you're a little if you're a liberal hermeneutic you're going to just kind of get into all kinds of speculation
1: so a couple break yeah. so people are asking questions so what we'll do for those who are asking questions why don't when we we're done we'll be happy to answer the questions yeah, yeah. because questions are coming in okay, okay. Cool. so would you want me to stop or just
0: um maybe after oh, yeah remember, yeah i can word, remember Petrusians, yeah
1: yeah
0: okay uh we're, we're witness to where the testament of jesus christ uh, this is verse verse 2. I'll read it again. It says, Who bore witness to the Word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. So these are the things that he's seen right now. And this is an, an interesting story. They remember this now. I know some people are, they're like afraid of the book of Revelation. Oh, it scares me. Or I don't, I don't know. It's, it's too weird. But listen to what this scripture in, in uh, verse 3. It says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear, The words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. So this, this, according to Chuck Missler, and and as far as my studies go in the Bible, this is the only book in the Bible that promises a a blessing to those who read this, study this, and keep these things in their heart. I found it to be true. I found it to be a blessing because uh, it's good to know how the thing ends. You know how it ends. You know, it, it, we, we can't, you know, my wife is so funny. I go to the, I uh, watch a movie, and if it's a movie that I've seen before, and it gets into a real kind of hairy situation, <laughs> she goes, What happens? What, does, does he die in this place? And so just watch it. Just watch something. Else. I want to know right now. And if you really want to know right now, because, you know, we can even look at the way things are right now, and it looks like a mess. But if you read this book, you see that we're on the winning team. We already have won in Christ. And so there's an inherent blessing just in that so that we know no matter what we're going to go through, we already win. We just, we need to stay faithful to the Lord. Um, So that's, I would highlight that scripture, verse 3 in in Revelation 1. It says, uh, it goes on, it says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, um, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. So let me... Let me bring up an image of this. This is um, this is the this is actually a, a map, and this is uh, in the Aegean Sea. It's off the coast of Turkey, and this was called Asia Minor at the time. And this is where you can see on the top here uh, the Church of Ephesus, and there's a, there was a circuit of churches, and we'll we'll get into that in the last in the next uh, picture that I'm going to show. But here, this little island here, and you know, according to their studies, they said it's 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 about uh, 23 miles off the coast of Turkey. Small island, really tiny. This is really like I don't know if you're familiar with Catalina in California. It's about the size of Catalina. It was basically a penal colony, and because John continued to preach the gospel, he was exiled. They couldn't kill him apparently, and so they put him into a, a penal colony. Uh, this was in uh, 90s, 91, 98. 5 on there, AD is when he was there, and uh, he was uh, basically a a prisoner over there of the Roman. Now, uh, it goes on and it says the seven churches of Asia, so this is where Patmos was, and then there's a circuit of churches here, and this is going to come up uh, in in this, it says uh, to the seven, verse 4, it says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come, speaking of Jesus, his incarnation, his his crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, and he's coming back again. And to the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. We did a T-shirt one time, and I had that scripture on the back of it. That scripture was uh, was uh, on the back of that. It's a really powerful. Uh, Statement of who Jesus Christ is, but he's the firstborn from the dead the ruler over the kings of the earth who loved us and washed us from our own sins in his blood Here's another image. I wanted to share this here, which is the seven spirits of God. This is from um, I just this, you know, That's a, a menorah And this is you know, it was in the presence of the Lord here. He was walking amongst these and it's from Isaiah 11 it's from Isaiah 11 and it's a menorah, and the first one, the center one, is the is the spirit of the Lord, and then I'm not sure. I think um, Hebrew doesn't go to uh, left to right; it goes right to left. So I would say that it would probably be this one first, understanding, and might, and fear of the Lord. I don't know how they would actually what what, uh, but in, in Isaiah it has it: Chronicle, wisdom, counsel, and knowledge. So these are the seven spirits of God, you know, that are listed in, in uh, Isaiah 11. If you want to look that one up. And so it says that uh, he was the faithful witness. He made us kings and priests to God the Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Um, there's only three people that are called kings and priests in the Word of God. And uh, one, if you if you remember, it was or uh, it was uh, Melchizedek was a king priest. Um, uh, jesus is a king priest and we're called kings and priests you know because we're in christ so we're kings and priests so what a privilege that 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 we do have that we're kings and priests in this kingdom Uh, it says he made us kings and priests verse six uh, to god the father to him be glory dominion forever and ever amen behold he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him and they who pierce him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him even so amen So, you know, there's there's some confusion as far as the coming of the Lord, you know, because some people say, well, you know, as I read the word, I read in Matthew 24, and then it talks about the angels going out and blowing a trumpet and gathering everybody after the tribulation of the church. That's a separate gathering. That's that's another gathering. There's a a gathering and there's a coming of the Lord where every eye will see him. He's going to come in the clouds. And then there's another gathering that he comes the first time for his church that is a secret God. He comes as a thief to take his church out. So there's actually a secret coming when Jesus comes back for his church, and then there's the glorious appearing when he comes with the church, with with the church and all the saints, and that's in Revelation 19. It says in verse 8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. I had that, I had that up here in a minute, that he's the Alpha and the Omega which is the, the Greek alphabet, it's the A and the Z, so it's the, it's the beginning and the end. Only God can make a statement like that, you know? It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. He's Almighty. This says, I, John, both your brother and companion in tribulation. And so here's a, a picture of uh, John, the aged <laughs> apostle, on the island of Patmos. And he was there and uh he's he's gonna he's gonna tell about the vision that he's receiving it says i uh, john both your brother and companion in tribulation you know this even this word tribulation right here. some people say see right there it says we're going <laughs> to the tribulation we are it says that through many tribulations we enter into the kingdom of god the word of god says it's not it, it, because we're a christian there's no guarantee that our life is going to be you know just really it, yeah, it's going to be an easy life. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. In fact, it's, I, I think it's really contrary to that. It says by trials that we grow closer. By, it even says about Jesus, uh, uh, by the things that he suffered, he learned obedience mm. is what it says about Jesus. So we, are, uh, we would be uh, ill-advised to think that the life as a Christian is just going to be so easy. There's other Christians in the world right now who are being martyred for the faith. There's people, in the the church is pretty decimated in the Middle East with ISIS and the rampage that they went through there. Scattered them to the four winds, killed a lot of them. You know, in China, the church is underground. You know, so we would be ill-advised to say, oh, you know, we as Christians, it's just an easy life. I think that, you know, we're on the cusp of, you know, some hard times where people are going to look at Christians very differently in this country. We're already starting to see that, you know, where there's an Antichrist spirit coming up. And so there is tribulation, but what we're talking about in this book, what's going to be coming up, is called the Great Tribulation. And Daniel says it, Mark says it, and Matthew says it. Uh, It says it's unlike any other period of time in the world, and there will never be another period of time like it. And unless the Lord had shortened those days, nobody would have survived. So it's it's unprecedented. Nobody's ever seen a time like this, which is looming on the horizon. And so he goes on in John, is, his, his statement there in verse nine, uh, he says, your brother in tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of, word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. So he's, he's on the island, he's exiled because he was a preacher of the word of God and it was against Roman rule to be preaching and apparently he violated somebody's uh, law over there and, and he's exiled over here for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And then he, in verse 10 it says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet. And uh, so he's, you know, when you say the Lord's day, um, that means it was Sunday because the Lord's day is recognized as the day that Jesus resurrected out of the grave and he and appeared to his apostles and that was on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord's day, he was on, he was in the spirit, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, in a trance, you know, in, the, in Corinthians uh, uh, 12, 1-4, it talks about, you know, uh, Paul being in a trance, you know, being in, a, in an altered state of consciousness. And then he said that he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and he heard a trumpet, a uh, voice of a trumpet. That's interesting because, you know, that's what's going to herald the rapture of the church. It's a voice like a trumpet. And in, if you read it in the Old Testament, where they were um, they were commanded by Moses, make some silver trumpets. And he says, this is for the direction of the, the masses of people that came out of Egypt. So when I blow this trumpet, it means gather on this side. When I blow two trumpets, it means come on this side. So it was for signaling these masses of people for movement and also for warfare. If they were going to blow a trumpet, they would do a certain thing and they would go a certain place. So it's interesting that this trumpet is blown and, and all of a sudden John Uh, You know, he's in the spirit and then verse 11, it says, saying, uh, it says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a a loud voice like a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and what you see, write in the book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, Sardis, to Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I turned to see a voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Uh, And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet, girded about the chest with a golden band. His His head and hair were white like wool, white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass as it's refinement of furnace, and his voice was the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand uh, seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his hand on me and said to me, Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. Hmm. So here, you know, this glorious appearance of Christ, as the, the ancient of days, you know, he's, he's the, the son of man with white hair, you know, he's, he's in a white garment down to his feet, you know, it, it just, it shows his majesty and uh, his authority. It says when you're, when, you know, back in Asia in those days, if you had a, a garment that was girt about you or you had like a vest of gold, it, it uh, bespoke of authority. So he has the authority, the feet that are burning like bronze. It's like bronze is a, is a symbol of judgment. But he was just like burnished like his, his flesh was like just glowing huh? and then his eyes are like flames of fire. Yeah, and, and his hair is white, you know, white as wool. And uh, that must have been a, an amazing, amazing vision. You know, it shows his age, too. You know, he's, he's uh, you know, I heard people say that when they see Jesus, he, he, he looks young, but he's old. You know, he's, you can tell he's just so wise and, or just, you know, been been there forever, ancient of days. Huh? And uh, John. This is the disciple whose brag, if if you read the book of John, he was, I was the disciple whom the Lord loved. And he was, you know, reclining on his his breast at the uh, Last Supper. You know, he was very, uh, he was one of the inner circle, him, uh, James, John, and and, uh, Peter, James, and John. And he was the one who leaned on him. Peter asked him, Who's the one who's going to betray the Lord? You know, and, and John was really close to Jesus. In fact, he was the one at the cross. He said, You know, to a um, mother mary uh was given to john this is your mother now take care of her so he was really intimate and he's so overwhelmed with this vision that he falls down in the presence of the lord and he's like wow you know he's just laid out in, in the glory in the, the majesty of the lord he's there walking amongst the lapstands the lapstands there, are representative of the, of the the churches and we're going to get into that in detail in the, in the coming weeks but there's something, you know, this um, I wanted to show this one image that I had, and it was uh, showing the churches here. These are going to be the churches that are going to be talked about. You know, he's, he's mentioning here, uh, and, and we, we just went through it, you know, that uh, up in uh, verse 11, he listed seven churches, the number seven again. So this is like a circuit. So you've got Ephesus here, uh, Smyrna, Pergamum. Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. That's the order that they're given when, when we're going to get into chapter 2 and 3. And there's going to be description of these churches at that point. So we have seven churches, and then we have this vision. We have seven lampstands and seven stars in His hand. So once again, the heptatic structure, everything revolving around seven, seven, mm-hmm. seven, seven, which is complete. And it says, but the, the interesting thing in verse 17, you know, and to be amongst this, amazing presence of the risen Lord in his glorified body, and, and he's, he's, you know, just on the ground, and then the Lord lays his hand on him and says, don't be afraid. Hmm. You see that throughout the scriptures. We're going to see it some more in this book, but you see it throughout the scriptures. Whenever an angel or a, a, a appearance of Christ, it just lays people out. It's just like, it must be so uh, frightening to see something like that. but so uh, glorious also. Huh? It says, um, so Jesus goes on. Uh, I'll reread. Do not be afraid. I am the first. I am the last. I am he who lives and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have another um, scripture here or uh, image. It says uh, here, it says, I am he who, who lives and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of Hades and death. Um, You know, we just celebrated the resurrection of Christ uh, a couple weeks ago, and, you know, when Jesus, it says, before he ascended up into heaven, he first descended into the lower parts of the earth, and he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men, but the thing that he did when he went down to hell was he stripped the devil of the authority and the keys of, of hell and death, and he says, you no longer have the authority here, I have the authority here, you know. And so that's that's he's he's giving his uh, credentials for his bona Fides as he's just saying this is who I am Uh, Write the things and this is the you know it says uh, in verse 19 This is the very important scripture like I said that gives the um, The layout of this book it gives the the breakdown of how we're to look at it And if you look at it that way it makes it really simple You know it it really um, clarifies things really well So he says in verse uh, 19 it says, write the things which you have seen, the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. And so the things that he's seen is this revelation of the glorified Christ, the things which are, are the churches, which we're going to get into next week. And then the things which will take place after this, and we're going to see where that trans- transitions right there. And then he's also going to tell the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand are the and the seven golden lampstands are the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. And so these things are, you know, like what I said, he signified or uh, signified these things. So the lampstands are representative of the church. So, and then the the uh, stars that are in his hands are representative of angels or another translation for the word angels is messenger or even another uh, translation of that word is the pastors so it's the the leaders of these of these churches they're like stars you know so they're all in Jesus's hand here and there's going to be a clarification of that in when we get into chapters two and three it's that's really really important as far as us as the body of Christ as the church we really, really want to be um, tuned in to what he's telling her because it's like a report card for what the Lord is looking for. We want to be, you know, we're we're, uh, we're very in expectation of Christ's return and we're to be his bride without spot, without wrinkle. And it says, look up when you begin to see these things on the earth. Look up because the redemption job mine. You know, I have not appointed my church to wrath. And so, if, we're, if our hope, it says that everybody has this hope of Jesus Christ returning, it says in 1 John, purifies himself just as he is pure. So, I believe that the, the doctrine of the imminent return, the rapture of the church, that nothing has to happen prophetically that would precede his catching his church out of, out of him. A lot of people say, well, the Antichrist has to show up first. That is not scriptural. It's not scriptural. We're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for Jesus Christ. And if there's any one event that has to take place before Jesus can call his church back, it just doesn't, it doesn't jive with scripture. And thats it's called the doctrine of eminency. That Jesus Christ could have came back in the days of the apostles. He could have come back. thats They were writing as if he could have come back in their lifetime. And that's how we have to view the scriptures. That's why... The, the doctrine of the rapture, the eminent return of Christ, and then the chronologically uh, events that will take place after that, and then him physically coming back and touching. It's very, you've got to separate those two doctrines. And that's where I think people get into confusion and you get into a lot of weirdness because they, they didn't they didn't rightly divide that word. Um, was, there, was there The question? question
1: was, Pastor G, how yeah. do you know what you saw was 5G?
0: Um, that's a good question, you know, because I talked to Pastor Tyler about it, and he said that uh, that there was other types of uh, antennas going up, you know, and that one person in uh, Kapakalua was saying that it, they said it was a 5G tower, and it looks like the ones that I've seen on the internet. Now, I don't know yeah. that absolutely for sure, but I've just noticed that there's some of these coming up. In fact, there was somebody that was seen with uh, Tammy and Mika and they asked him, what are you doing here on Maui? And he goes, oh, I'm here to put up 5G towers. So we heard a little bit, you know, about that. I'm not absolutely sure if it's the 5G that we're talking about, you know, the, the real uh, close, you know, close knit ones. But I'm just noticing more and more of these antennas coming up. I know that there's one up in Wailuku that's camouflaged like a palm tree also. And then you got that one in Kapakalua that looks like a... Norfolk Pine, and then I just noticed that one coming up through Paia, uh, by the old Paia mill uh, that's that's attached to all the old metal structure up there. I was really surprised, and I just happened to look over and I go, wow, look at all those antennas under there. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I believe March 23rd or March 25th, um, Governor Ige signed a um, bill to to get the 5G going here in Hawaii. I know that happened. Right. So.
2: Yeah,
0: I went on a site and it, and it had uh, 5G on Maui or 5G in the world, and then I zeroed in on, on, on uh, uh, Hawaii. And Hawaii surprisingly had, according to this site, quite a bit of, of uh, uh, 5G infrastructure, and Maui had more than Oahu. Yeah, it Maui was, had 15, you yeah, said, right? Maui, and Oahu had 10. had 10. Yeah. I was really surprised when I saw that. You know?
1: um, Was there any other question? That was the only question tonight. Okay. so what we can do is we can leave time to answer questions if you have any but that was the only question yeah so
0: you know just you know once again to just cap this off that um you know this is the first chapter so this would in 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 looking at that uh chronology that says write the things Mm -hmm. which you have seen the things which are and the things which will take place after these things you know so that would be in chapter 19 it says write the things which you have seen the things which are and the things which will take place after this very key phrase the, that that phrase after this the things which take place after this in the greek is met tauta. and we're going to see that in a very strategic location when we get to chapter four so i want to stress that because it gives you the breakdown it's, it, there's three parts to this prophecy there and and uh, so the first part we just went to the first part we we just read the things that he saw he saw the glorified Christ. He saw him in his glory. You know, he was he was in the uh, in the spirit on the Lord's day, and he got this revelation. And he's going to go on after this in um, this next portion of scripture, um, chapter two and three. It's absolutely in red. My Bible, I have a red letter edition. In chapter two and three is. Absolutely, the words of Jesus Christ that he just transcribed it, you know, the, the words from Jesus Christ. So, it's his uh, epistles to these seven churches which were in Asia Minor. And we're going to get into that next week. But, um, that's, we that's that's the introduction, you know. So, um, the what I'll try to do also, I'll try to bring in things uh, through the week. Or, you know, maybe, you know, like what I brought in that clip that had to do with Revelation 13, I'll try to maybe bring in something that has to do, since we're talking about the church, I'll bring in some things where, uh, in the world right now, uh, how there, there's a real push for uh, a one world religion, <laughs> you know, and there's ample evidence of that right now. Uh, you know, in fact, they had this past weekend, they, they had that um, concert. Or that, that Whatever that thing was considered that uh, with all the celebrities and stars and their Bill Gates and the who they were They were raising money for the world health organization. I can't even imagine that and, and uh, But there's this this push for global governance and, they, and they're talking about we're global citizens we're, we're we're all in this together and they're pushing this and they're saying oh if, if you know your kids are at home right now, and if they're by themselves, well, they can just hug themselves and they were, you know, they were showing some Sesame Street character and telling the kids how to hug themselves now. And it's just this really creepy kind of one-world religion, one-world order kind of push right now that we're to accept this. And they have all these celebrities and these, you know, captains of industry and all pushing this stuff. And it's just, I don't know, it just it, it gives me a bad feel. And um, we're gonna we're gonna understand where this is all headed and what is our posture in the church. You know, even that, that tape that I was just showing or that, that video that I just showed about a push for vaccinations. And, you know, I know people who are, um, you know, doctors and whatever. They, they don't think there's anything wrong with vaccination. But I just don't trust these people that are pushing this stuff. You know, they're, they're eugenic, eugenicists. They're for, they're for population control. And they put out a lot of vaccinations that have hurt a lot of people. And there's an agenda behind this. And the ultimate agenda is with this; they want to uh, implant uh, every single person on the planet. That's their agenda. That they want to they want to vaccinate and do that so that people will uh, be marked uh, with like a census. And that's really moving towards the things that we're going to be learning on in, in the rest of this book here. And so that's that's about it. What I have to say for the first uh, chapter of the book of Revelation. Um, you know, we'll we'll take these next probably two two three two chapters a little slow, and then after that I'll probably go a little quicker because it's, it's uh, I don't want to linger on some of these judgments. It's pretty grim, but we have to go through it. All right. right uh, God prayer. God bless everybody for for watching tonight, and uh, we'll see you on Sunday.